he with the most money wins and will be at the top of their searches, even though it's not an appropriate result for that. So for example, back in the day, um, there used to be this technical thing called meta keywords. You could put some keywords in there and you could rank for those keywords. It was super simple. Yes. So uh, websites that were involved in porn would put the word Disney in there and they would rank for Disney. So you, know, you can just see how that's an extreme example but think of from the search engine's perspective, they want to make sure that their users get the information that they're looking for and that no one's gaming the system. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal about automation, getting leads, retargeting and sales funnels. You know, the stuff that'll actually make you money and doesn't empty your wallet. Get valuable, actionable information from me and other experts in the online marketing space, which will boost your business beyond its current boundaries. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, welcome. This is episode 27, and you're listening to the Get Real About Business podcast. I'm really excited today because we have got some pure gold on here today. We've got Paul Cortman, my guest, who's going to be speaking about backlinks and SEO. If that doesn't mean a lot to you, Picture this, you've just been out and you've hired the best website designer that you can possibly afford. They've spent weeks in development, you've had to write copy, you've worked with them. There's been tweak after tweak as they perfect your website and you end up with this beautiful, gorgeous website that looks amazing. A website you're proud of. And you think, that's it. All I've got to do now is sit back and wait for people to contact me. You've got your contact form on there. Maybe you've got a lead magnet. Maybe you've got some different things going on there. But what happens? Nothing. A website alone doesn't create results. We have to get people to our website. Just the fact that it exists. One of possibly billions of websites out there. How are they going to find you? Well, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about SEO, search engine optimization. And in my interview today with Paul Cortman, we'll be talking about one of three major factors that will influence how you get ranked on Google so that people find you when they search for you on the internet. That, of course, is backlinks. And Paul will be talking to you about the skyscraper technique, which is an awesome, somewhat simple, but very powerful technique to generate links to your website. The more links you get to your website, the more your website gets seen as an authoritative site and the further up you will creep in the search engine rankings. The good news is that you can do this technique yourself, just taking the methodology that Paul explains in the interview today, or of course you can go out and hire someone to do it for you if you don't want to spend the time. It's entirely up to you. What I can tell you is that it works. I actually went out and tested this technique. It's generated links to my website that weren't there before. And so not only was this a really interesting interview, but it's something that was very, very useful. It was useful to me, and I'm sure it will be useful to you. Now, do make sure that you stick around to the end of the episode today, because I've put together a template email that you can take to reach out to people and ask for the backlinks. I know that won't mean much for you right now, but stick around to the end, and I'll tell you how to get that email, which you can just copy, use as is, or change if you like. It's entirely up to you. But right now, let's get straight into the interview. This is me talking to Paul Cortman of Connects Digital Media. 
Uh, so, Paul, tell me to start off with, I mean, obviously we're going to be talking about SEO and uh, you've got a particular technique you're going to share with me. Everybody seems to be competing for page one on Google. What's up with page one? Can everybody be on it? What's going on? <laughs> no, technically only 10 uh, people can be on it. But, um, you know, it's really quite interesting to look at the drop-off chart in uh, the number of clicks and the traffic that you receive, even on page one. Uh, quite often we look at, you know, well, this, this search term receives a thousand searches a month, uh, you know, say it's a long tail search term. And so it's like, Ooh, I want to get to spot one so I can get a thousand visits in a month. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Spot one doesn't get a hundred percent of the clicks. Spot one only gets like 65% of the clicks. And then that means that spot two and three only get like 10 or 15% of the clicks. And so it's just like, whoa, huge drop off because then you get below spot three and you're down to less than 10% of the remaining clicks occur below spot three. So no, not everybody can be on page one, but the, even those who are on page one, it's very important to be in the right spot, uh, you know, and, and the higher you can, the better. Okay. Now, I've learned quite a bit about SEO, but I'm nowhere near um, as accomplished as you are about SEO. But what I remember is that when I first started out uh, in my business, I realized I needed a website. Somebody told me I need a website. Fair enough. And I realized I wanted people to, to come. And people were talking about this SEO thing. If somebody's listening to this right now and they're not really aware of what this is, can you just give us an overview? Um, obviously, it's something to do with being on page one with Google. What else is SEO? Well, I mean, that's the short of it. There's, there's a lot of search engines out there. And so, like, there's even app search or... Um, yeah, the App Store search optimization. So there are a lot of search engines out there and uh, a lot of different ways. There's an Amazon optimization, how to get to the top of Amazon search. So all of this is just like, there's an algorithm behind search. And no matter what platform you're using, there's an algorithm, a computer formula to determine who gets to rank higher than others. Right. The people behind that algorithm don't publish the algorithm because then they know that the, he with the most money wins and will, and will you know, be at the top of their searches, even though it's not an appropriate result for that. So for example, back in the day, um, there used to be this technical thing called meta keywords. You could put some keywords in there and you could rank for those keywords. It was super simple. Yes. So uh, websites that were involved in porn would put the word Disney in there and they would rank for Disney. So, you know, you can just see how that's an extreme example, but think of from the search engines perspective, they want to make sure that their users get the information that they're looking for and that no one's gaming the system. So that has created an entire field of workers like myself, of knowledge people who focus on, how do we how do we infer how do we figure out what's in that algorithm and then do the things that that algorithm dictates we should do for example um so there's there's a lot of things people have done all kinds of different tests nerdier than myself and they they have the time to do these tests and we've been able to figure out a lot without google telling us what is in their algorithm so there's over 200 factors in their oh. algorithm. 
So basically, there's an algorithm that has the, the rules around who gets ranked where on the search engines. And nobody knows what those rules are. And you're all trying to guess what it is so that we can all appear at the top of the results. Yeah, to a certain degree, nobody knows. But it's more along the lines of being a non-mechanic looking at an engine and saying, I don't have a clue how that runs. Well, I know what an air filter is. I know what a radiator is supposed to do. I know what an, how an air conditioner works. I know what pistons are and that sort of thing. So, like, you can you can know stuff without being you know, fully aware of exactly what the algorithm is. And right. so that's, that's more like, it's, it's not a guessing game. We've done our tests, we've done the research, we've, we're able to figure out what works and what doesn't. And then we test it on, you know, websites and clients and we find out, hey, this is working, let's do more of this. And then as Google changes, then we adjust and we, you know, reflect and, and adjust what we're doing to make sure that, uh, that our clients are having success that websites are ranking um, for the right words in the right places, and uh, and then we go from there. Okay. And it was interesting, the example that you gave around porn sites, Disney, clearly, yeah, very extreme example there, but um, clearly there's a, or there was a big opportunity for people to game the system, as you put it, and uh, beat the algorithm so that you get your content in front of everybody else. Is this really still going on these days? Um, yes, but at a much more complex level. Okay, so every day the algorithm gets smarter because there's full-time staff. I, I used to say 40 engineers, but now I'm smarter and I say more like, I don't know, a department of two, three, 400 engineers right. working at Google who are dedicated to different aspects of the search algorithm. And that's their full-time job is to figure that out and make it better, stronger, smarter, better results, et cetera. So it's not something that, you know, a porn site even with all their money could overcome because Google's constantly trying to be one step ahead of them. And uh, so it's a little bit of, you know, uh, cat and mouse game. It's a little bit of, uh, you know, things keep moving. And anytime somebody finds out a way to quote unquote hack the system and, and get your, your pages ranked where they shouldn't be or whatever, Google slowly catches up to that and, uh, and, and puts the kibosh on there, crushes that opportunity, and, uh, and then you move on to the next thing. So what I teach and what most SEO uh, professionals teach is stick with kind of the middle. Like what, what has been known to work yeah. time and time again and what really is beneficial for your clients, for your target audience, for your target customers? Why, why would they come to your website? And so, um, you know, I was just working on a client this morning who they want to rank for hotel search. And it's like, okay, well, I know why, but is this really beneficial over say like booking.com or, um, Trivago or Expedia or all the other, you know, options out there. And it's like, well, they're a smaller player in the market, but they should be in the space to be able to play with these guys because they offer the same services. So yes, they should rank there. I just have to do what I can to help them get to there. Okay. All right. So basically we want to do the things that the search engines like so that we can get a content seen. And now I know that there are, uh, a number of different 
um, sort of areas around SEO. People talk about on-page SEO and they talk about in-linking, things like that. Can you just give us a brief overview for this before we go into the technique that you're going to share with us today? Yeah, and it's really kind of fun because I throw that 200 ranking algorithm factors out there, that 200 number as kind of like blow your hair back and oh my goodness, how in the world, who could know all 200 of these? And this is just one tiny insignificant, well, not insignificant, but one tiny small aspect of your entire business. Like let's not even talk about finances and taxes and VAT and Brexit <laughs> and all the craziness that's going on there. You know, so how in the world am I going to memorize or figure out 200 ranking algorithm factors? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. they, they boil down. They, they fit into three large buckets. Okay. So, Three is a much easier thing for a you know, number for us to swallow. Three yeah. topics, three things that we know we have to improve on. Um, and those have fairly simple labels. One is a technical SEO. So it's, it, a lot of people refer to it as on-site. Uh, but it's your code and your structure. Making sure that your website is built in such a way that Google can index it, that Google can read it because Google is a machine and their bot, their spider is a machine. And so we want to make sure we're telling the machine the right things like, hey, here's my headline and here's my text and here's the price of my product, et cetera. And so Google can see all this really well. That's, that's one bucket. The next bucket is content. Uh, if you want to rank for, I'll just pick on this term, hotel search, if you don't actually say anything about hotels and you don't say anything about search, uh, you're missing, you're missing the boat. Like your content has to be around those words has to, you know, give Google some sort of indication that this is, you know, this, it has to be around those search terms. So those are your two first two buckets on page, technical SEO content. And then the third bucket is uh, backlinks or referring domains or in links or um, you know you could just say links in general and this could come from social media or other blog posts or other web pages or whatever it's google's way to determine who um, and and then for those of you who are nerds out there citations fall into this third bucket even though they're not technically a link but it's basically mentions Who's talking about you? Where are they talking about you? Where are they linking to you? How are they linking to you? And all that. So there's a whole science in that third bucket, but those are your three buckets. So the fun part is, is they're actually weighted. And we'll talk about that in, in a second here, but all you have to do is you have to say, okay, am I, is my code and structure well enough that Google can read my content? Do I have content that talks about my keywords and talks towards my audience and explains really well what it is I do and, you know, and is answering the questions that my target audience is searching for. So for example, how do I find a cheap hotel? How do I find a cheap hotel in Nottingham? How do I find a cheap hotel in Sussex? You know, like these are the questions that people are searching for. How are you answering those questions with your content? And then the third bucket is, are people talking about you? Are people linking to you? Are people referring to you as the authority or the right company or the right agency or the right business to use. Those are your basic three things that you need to do when it comes to search engine optimization. When it comes to showing Google, you should rank. That's really nicely explained, Paul. 
basically as as long as we understand what it is that our prospects want from us then we can create relevant content and focus on creating relevant content um, and then if we can create discussion about that and get people talking about us and linking then we're on to a good start exactly and and that's just it you mentioned those two buckets instead of the first bucket which is the technical on page code and content or code and structure that bucket is only 10% if you weight them and say not how much work you have to do or you know how much money it's going to cost but the results how much does it move the needle in making your rank better code right. and structure and on page and what normal seo audits focus on is only 10% of the total algorithm. And so like, there's a lot of nerdy stuff in there. By the way, here's a freebie in this bucket. One <laughs> of those 200 ranking algorithms is, how long is this domain registered for? If you're like me and like thousands of other people out there, you have it set to auto renew every year and you get your you know, GoDaddy or your Namecheap bill and it's $10 and it renews every year. Well, guess what? That's not a negative, but it's not a positive. It's a neutral sing signal to Google that you're kind of a young company or not able to invest or who knows what the reasoning behind it is, but you might not be there next year. Whereas if you buy a 10-year renewal that your domain doesn't expire for 10 years, that's a positive, an extremely positive signal to Google because... Google's not going to let their own domain go. Wikipedia is not going to let their domain go. Uh, Expedia is not going to let their domain go. They register them as long as they can. Uh, and so those are indicators that these are not, uh, you know, tiny insignificant companies, but companies that are in it for the long haul. That's a freebie. That's one of the tiny little insignificant things inside the code and, uh, and structure bucket. Um, is if you turn around today and go and register your domain for 10 years, which I think most is, is the max that you can do. Um, if you go do that, you're not going to see yourself climb onto page one. I mean, it's just, it's such an insignificant little thing, but it's one of the 200 factors. Um, whereas if we look at the other two buckets together, they're 90% of the weight of where you rank and that's code and, or excuse me, that's content and backlinks. And so you need to be writing content and generating and publishing content. And that could be video, audio, text, whatever it is on your website that then is something that people are talking about that they're linking to. Combine those two, they're 45% each is what I look at. Like you need to focus equally on both of those you cover both of those, you've got 90% of all the effort of all that you can do within uh, search engine optimization. Uh, you'll actually move the needle faster by focusing on those two than you will by focusing on an SEO audit and code and nerdy things like registering your domain for 10 years. Uh, that's quite comforting, really, if you think about it, that uh, most of us, if, we, if we're running a business and we are generating content, as I am and as a lot of people are out there, uh, as a way of connecting with your, your prospective clients and nurturing your existing ones, then all we have to do is concentrate on doing what we're doing already and do a good job of it, then we're already getting a good start. 
Uh, and it was interesting that you mentioned that thing about a 10-year uh, registration of your site. I, I never knew that. It makes sense when you think about it. You kind of go, okay, so if I register for 10 years, yeah, I can see Google saying, well, then this is not a fly-by-the-night company, and they're not going to disappear. But on the other hand, it's a tiny, insignificant thing. You can, you can make that bucket, that code and, con and structure bucket, you can make that as perfect as you can, and that's not going to move the needle because it's only 10% of the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we, we all want to get as, as far ahead on search engines as possible. Uh, you've given us some good stuff already, but you've got a whole strategy that you use with your clients. Tell us about that strategy and how it works. So now you understand the why content and why backlinks are important. But, okay, it's not that hard to create content. Like, I don't have to explain how to create content to you. But it is extremely difficult to acquire back. It's one of the, the most difficult things. And it's be, for that reason, it's one of the most uh, scammed areas within SEO um, of where people try to uh, hack the system and then they get caught and Google, you know, puts the Google hammer down and they get punished for it. So a lot of people have gotten wary of backlink schemes and any sort of, you know, people working to acquire backlinks. Well, let me take a step back and just explain it in human terms and say, this is what we do. And all I did is I made a system around this and my staff and I, we just are really efficient at doing this. There's no black magic here. It's very simple. It's Google approved, etc. All we do is we generate really incredible content. We go out, we do research first to find out what's the content because there's different types of content. There's content that's, that gets social media shares like uh, the 21 pictures you must see before Christmas. Like, okay, yeah, like that's going to get shared on Facebook. My grandma's going to share it, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but that content is not going to get linked to from a blog post, okay? Um, you know, that's, it, it's a, it has a short virality, a short lifespan. Uh, then you have other content, which is, uh, you know, something frequently asked questions about, like, when are your office hours? or what is your phone number, or what is it like working with you, or that sort of thing. So those, you know, that's some more generic keyword-focused content, like your business name, office hours, your business name, location. You know, like, okay, so there's search term-focused content, there's social media-focused content, and then there's this other content that, think of it more of like well-researched, well-thought-out, maybe even scientific, definitely with humor, but just like fully encompassing book on the subject matter. And so whether that be, um, you know, how to clean up the oceans or um, is Elon Musk's mission to Mars insanity or, you know, and these are actual articles that we've produced for our clients or uh, explain this hyperloop in real man's, in, in layman's terms. And is, could this be reality? Uh, you know, so like all of these things, we try to say, okay, so you've heard this on the news. Elon Musk says something about Hyperloop, blah, blah, blah. Well, nobody's like has like the definitive article on Hyperloop. From start to finish, what is it? How much is it going to cost? 
what is it like, et cetera. And so like we wrote the book on the Hyperloop. We collected all the information, did all the research, put it all together. And now here's this massive article on Hyperloop. And now we reach out. So that's the one piece is the content. And then the second step, and if you're familiar with the Pareto principle, if you've listened to anybody talk about content marketing, you should spend 20% of your effort on creating the content. Oh, by the way, that doesn't mean shortchange your content. That means spending eight hours on creating content an entire day and then spend you know, the rest of your 32 hours in the week on then marketing that content, on doing the outreach for that content, on putting that content in front of the right people who will then link to it who will share it on social media, who will put it in their email blast to their users, et cetera. So it has to be the kind of content that's, uh, that you're not ashamed of, that you're proud of, that reads and they go, wow, Paul, that's amazing. And that is, the whole methodology that I just explained to you is called the skyscraper method. It's basically taking something that's out there that either doesn't exist or exists in a poor form, but yet you've seen indicators. There are people linking to certain articles and saying, here's the information about Hyperloop. Here's the information about Hyperloop. And you find that article that they're linking to is, is missing things or lackluster, just not fully there or boring is all get out. Um, and then you make it better and you make the definitive authoritative piece on it. Like I said, that's only 20% of the work. Now the 80% comes where then you have to do the manual effort of getting it out in front of people. And so what we do is we find all the email addresses and all the contact information of the people that link to any previous target article. So an article, you know, having something to do with Hyperloop that wasn't just news, but, you know, tried to tell the story of what Hyperloop is. And we're like, okay, who linked to that article? Well, we grabbed the hundred domains, we find email addresses for them, and then we email those people and we say, hey, we saw that you linked to this article. It's not a bad article, but we wrote a better one. Come check it out. I encourage either you to go back and change that link or you know, publish a new article to your audience and link off to this one because this is a way better experience, a way bet more information, and it's just way better for your audience. And so we try to convince people uh, to do that, to take that action. And uh, if you write incredible content, it's, it's a done deal. I can't tell you, I was just looking at some responses a few minutes before we got on the call and they were just like, wow, that's incredible content. I've changed my link. If you have any more, please let me know. And you know, you're doing the right thing when somebody responds that way. Yeah. Yeah. This is really interesting. I've got a couple of questions. I'm certainly on side with you about creating great content. It seems to me that so many people have switched on to now to the fact that we, we need to be using inbound marketing. We need to be creating good content or, or content at least because that's how, that's how we can attract clients. But it seems to me that because everybody's doing it and a lot of what's out there is very mediocre because everybody's doing it, we need to, differentiate ourselves not it's my belief that great content is one way to differentiate yourself but on the other hand paul i can hear some some of the people that i've worked with in the past some of the people i talked to they're saying Do you know what we're, we're just getting around to this whole idea about perhaps doing a blog or doing this or or having some download on our site now you're telling me we've got to create this massive thing is it really worth the effort paul 
Well, I mean, he's doing business worth the effort. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry, but you know, marketing isn't easy and, and winning isn't easy and training to be an Olympian isn't easy. So I'm not here to tell you, Hey, here's the super, the five easy steps to win. Um, no, to win in anything, it's hard work and hard work and hard work and getting back up when you get kicked down and hard work and hard work. So the thing that I'm offering up is listen, there's either time or money and we've put a system together to make it faster. And so, you know, if, if you want, you know, if you want a shortcut to it, well, then you got to pay. You, buy, you hire us to do it. Boom, we're done. But, you know, if you have the time, then, then you go and you put the effort in. You create that content and it's going to come back to you in spades. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. Even for our clients, even when we're working at this full time, 10 people, you know, it takes three to six months, but you will receive benefit from that if you actually do the outreach and market that content. Uh, there's an old movie, Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> you know, there's that no longer exists. You can build incredible content and no one will ever know it existed. The thing is that you then need to market that content. You need to get it in front of the right people. You need to ask for the link. People won't think. I mean, when you read a great piece of great article or a great piece of news or a great anything, you read it and you're like, oh, that's great. And if you do anything, you might file it in Evernote. You might put it in your library, but you're not going to share it. You're not going to blog about it. You're not going to go back and change a link on your website unless I were to ask you to do that. And then it crosses your mind and you're like, oh, well now it's a decision. Now there's more likely that you're going to take action on it. If, if I never asked at all, there's no chance. I mean like 0.1% of a chance that you're actually going to take action and share or blog about it or create a link to that article. And so, yes, I understand it's overwhelming to think through, oh, now I have to create this incredible piece of content. Well, yeah, but it's actually not that hard. And most of us who do business well suck at writing. And there's a reason for that. Um, I can do business well, but I really hate bookkeeping. I hire that done. Why can't you hire writing done? Because it takes time to do it and to do it right. Um, so find a good writer that's in, inexpensive and have it done for you. Um, but then, you know, it has to be incredible content. It has to be really good. And so there's going to be an editing process. Uh, and then, um, but then the hard work comes of like, okay, so it's published. So it's on your blog. Now, how are you going to get it in front of the people who need to see it? Uh, and that's, that's quote unquote the million dollar thing, but it's not that hard. It's basically just do some searches, find some websites, submit it to them, call them, contact them, ask your brother, friend, aunt, uncle, whatever, and, uh, and get it out there in front of it. Share it in some Facebook groups, some LinkedIn groups, uh, find out who would benefit from this content, find out where they are, and then share it with them and, and make the ask. Uh, that's one of the things that, a lot of people prefer to be in marketing over advertising because they don't feel comfortable making the ask. 
they're just getting brand awareness and impressions. And it's like, no, 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 no. Whereas advertising is directly, here's my product, buy now. Um, you know, we need to make that ask and we need to say, please link to my incredible piece of content. Right, right. I, I'm completely with you, actually. I, th I think when it comes down to creating content, we've either got to fall in love with it and learn the skill if we don't have it already, or you're quite right, go and find somebody who can do it for you. And yeah, you'll have to pay for it, um, but you know, that's how, that's how the whole world Business runs. Works, right? A fair exchange of money and services. So have you read The E-Myth Revisited or The E-Myth oh, in general? Oh, yes. One of my favorite books. <laughs> yeah. So it's the same concept. I like, I like the opening analogy that he gives or whatever with the baker. And she made really great food. And then she got into business and people, you know, customer service and everything was awful. And it's like, you can be really great at baking. So whatever it is you do, whatever it is your business is, you can be really great at it, but you need to hire out the things that you're not really great at it. So, you know, if your business isn't writing, take a note from Emeth Revisited and hire somebody to write for you. Yeah, yeah, spot on, absolutely. Uh, okay, so what we're talking about is creating some really, really good content. Now, uh, I often get people uh, do exactly what you're suggesting to me is that uh, uh, people approach me and say, look, hey, I found your blog post on this, or your article on that, and it's really, really good. Uh, would you like to link to my content? Now, my question for you is that if we're on the receiving end, is it really to our benefit to link to somebody else's content? How should we make that call? Oh, well, that is a great question that no one has asked me in the two years that I've been doing this. And I <laughs> really appreciate that because, you know, I've sent, we send out over 55,000 requests a month for people to change links. Uh, we acquire somewhere between 200 and 400 links a month. So to give you an idea of the scale that we're talking at and how much, uh, you know, how many times we're asking, um, why is it in your best interest. If I were to ask you to link to my site, yeah. obviously I get benefit out of it, but why would you link to it? Yes. Well, there's a couple of different reasons. One is we all need to be curators. Okay. We, we do need to have good content, but at the same time, we also need to point to authoritative, great sites and services that like it, it's a no brainer. You know, for example, like my agency needs to point to ahrefs.com, uh, which if you didn't, you're not familiar with, that's okay. It's a tool for SEOs that is like the gold standard right now. You may be familiar with Moz or SEO Moz or something like that. Right. That used to be the gold standard. So linking to them is good, but linking to ahrefs is even better now because that is the current gold standard. So if I'm not linking to them, if I'm not talking about ahrefs, if I'm not telling my followers to use Ahrefs, I'm doing a disservice to my followers. I'm doing a disservice to my clients and potential clients. And I'm doing a disservice to my website because Google actually looks at who you're linking to and says, well, are you linking to smart and intelligent people, websites, tools, etc." And so there's a judgment call based on who you're linking to. So if you're not linking to anybody, that's bad. And it's not helping your audience. 
if you are linking to websites, then okay, well, are they valuable or are they just spammy, crappy websites? You know, if you found that this content was that incredible, and if you wish your clients or customers or prospective customers knew about that before working with you, like, okay, um, let's make this happen. You know, uh, let's take a random total, I'm just, I have no idea where this came up from, except it popped in my head. So uh, a nappy service, okay? We used to have door-to-door nappy services before I was a kid. Um, and now, you know, it's, uh, you know, all disposables, right? Um, there's been a resurgence over the last five to 10 years of uh, reusable cloth diapers and that sort of thing. Okay, great. So you want to do a nappy service. That's your business. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's an article about waste, about how to send less trash to the landfill or about how you in your suburban home in, you know, four hours drive away from the ocean can have an impact on ocean water pollution. And it's like, well, it has nothing to do with nappy service, right? <laughs> no. But it applies to your audience. Your audience is choosing a nappy service over disposables because they care about their kid or the environment or the landfill or whatever the case might be. And so it's like, hey, this also applies to you. I'm not going to write this content. I'm not going to put this out there. But here's one way that we can all work together to stop filling the landfills and stop polluting our ocean. And so linking off to those articles and sharing them with your audience actually makes you look like a better company. Like here's a nappy service that cares more than just about, hey, we're running a Christmas discount. You know, they care about the environment. They care about the ocean. They care about all these cool things. Oh, and they introduced me to this other company because I happened to read this article and you know so I come back to that nappy service because they really know me as a customer and know what I care about and I care about the environment and so yes them linking to and talking about articles about the environment impacts my life and I feel happier about the nappy service does that make sense yeah that's brilliant actually it kind of answers it from two perspectives Dale one is that if you're going to go out and you're looking for backlinks to your website and you're inviting people to talk about your content it kind of answers the reason why they should say yes and also it helps us decide as well if, if we go to link to other people's and, and basically the short answer is Paul and correct me if I'm wrong is that you'll just look at that content and decide if it's valuable to your potential clients and it's not too spammy and not too salesy and if it is valuable then you'll share it. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. And so like in the skyscraper method, we never once talk about the service or product that are, that the website sells that we're publishing on. Okay. So for example, if I were to write an article for a nappy service, it would not be about the nappy service at all. Not once, no mention of it. There's no sales. There's no discounts. There's no ads. Why? Because we need the person to say what you just said. Well, this isn't a spammy article. This is really valuable information. And that, my friend, is where you can win at acquiring backlinks. Ah, that's very useful. Uh, whereas normally what we're thinking of, if we're writing a blog post or an article, then quite often what we're thinking of is how we're going to transition the, the reader to do some work with us. And so, you know, what's the next step? Can we get them to sign up for an email or, or whatever? 
in this case here, you just created great content with the purpose of finding other people who will link to your site. Yeah. And now here's, so then well, let's take a step back. If, if you want to rank for a keyword, you have to write about that keyword, right? Yeah. But if you, part of ranking for that keyword is having backlinks to your domain. Well, that content for that keyword. So let's say, uh, you know, best hotel in Suffolk and it's like, or Sussex. And then it's like, okay, well, how do I, how do I get, you know, people to link to an article that's really about me and my hotel, that's not going to work. Instead, you get them to link to a different article, but it's on your domain. One of the, one of the major factors in that third bucket of backlinks is how many backlinks are to the content on your domain? Even though it's not that specific content, uh, there's a phrase we use, all boats rise with the tide. And so if you can get more links into your domain, the respect, the authority, the domain authority that your website has rises in Google's eyes. And so that keyword focused content around hotel and, and you know, wherever, whatever city, uh, that's going to rise in the search results because you have links coming into your domain, coming into other articles, other pages on your domain. Right. That's very interesting. What else should we know about the skyscraper technique, Paul? Uh, it's really about the target selection. So like, you know, I can say it's really about this. It's really about that. It's really about incredible content. You have to choose a great target. Okay. Because writing an article about hotels in a certain city, that's not an incredible content. Uh, we screwed up once. Here's one. Um, the top 13 things you need to do in New York City and on there was uh, see the Statue of Liberty. When we did our outreach, people responded back to us like, and I don't know if I can say this on your show, but no shit, Sherlock. Like, really? The Statue of Liberty. I never would have thought that if I were going to New York City that I should mention that you should go see the Statue of Liberty and that should make a top 13 list. Like, it's one of those things of where we need to, um, we need to say it's, you know, like it needs to be incredible content and that sort of thing. We have to choose the target, make sure we do our research and that sort of thing. Um, you know, you have to write incredible content and then you have to do that outreach. But if any one of those screws up, um, it's not hard, like it's not hard to screw up the outreach. It's hard to do the outreach. Uh, you can, you know, you don't have to have the perfect template to do the outreach. It's basically just making an ask and saying, here's an article. Would you link to it? Um, super simple. And then it becomes a having an email conversation after that. But the prior to that, um, writing the great content, yeah, you can screw up on that. But that's where you and I have both said, hire somebody to write really great content. But before all of that, choosing a target, if you, it's so hard to get that right. And it's <laughs> so easy to screw that up uh, because we are, um, even me personally, I'm focused on my target audience and on my business and on what I do and how I serve my audience that I forget to think through, hey, they care about something other than SEO, you know, or they care about something other than nappy service. Uh, and so it's really hard to figure out what is that right target article or, or topic. And so 
I'm actually offering for anybody here who's listening, you know, you can come to our site, you can drop in uh, an email address and a domain, and we'll do that research for you because we're passionate about our system. We know that we can do it. And so we'll do that research for you for free because if you screw up on that target, uh, you're going to have a bad experience on Skyscraper. And you're going to say this whole methodology sucks and Paul's stupid and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you're going to be bitter. But if I can help you get that target right, uh, and then you write great content or hire great content, and then you do that outreach. And I don't notice I say great content, the right article, and the outreach. Because the outreach isn't great. It's not you know, like there's no secret weapon here other than time and effort. And, uh, and so, um, you know, that's the, that's the thing that takes the most work, the most amount of time, and it doesn't have to be done with perfection. Great. I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, actually. We did agree before I had that, uh, uh, that you was going to be sharing this and I'm glad you did. If anybody wants to get you to do this work for them, which is great. And um, uh, as we said before we started, it's, it's more than just a little PDF. How do they go get this from you? Yeah. So obviously I want you on my email list. I'm a marketer. And so I have a pop-up on my website and you can go to connectsdigitalmarketing.com. That's C-O-N-N-E-X digitalmarketing.com. And sure, we'll pop a pop-up up. You can type in your email address. We'll give you a PDF of how to do this skyscraper methodology, but you just listen to the show. And so you know how to do this and it's more engaging than reading a PDF, but if you need it, it's there. However, I want to be more beneficial to you. I want to give you something that's uh, more than just a generic PDF that doesn't directly apply to you, your business, your industry, your website. And so if you go to connectsdigitalmarketing.com, remember that's C-O-N-N-E-X, right on the homepage, right on the top, there's the Skyscraper SEO. You click on that and go figure. The URL is connectsdigitalmarketing.com slash skyscraper dash SEO. Boom. That'll take you right to the page. Uh, You scroll all the way down to the bottom and our last call to action is not convinced yet. Uh, Then you type in your email address and your domain and hit submit. And within two business days, we will have a target selected for you that we will email to you free of charge. We're just, we're that passionate about the system. We're that passionate about our research that we believe that we can give it to you free of charge that to make the internet a better place. And uh, so, yeah, um, obviously you're going to get on my email list and I will email you after that and talk to you about the skyscraper and talk to you about the process. Um, But uh, yeah, if the other thing is it's a nice trial to see, okay, what kind of a content would Paul produce for me? And um, by seeing the target that we select, uh, you can see right away, wow, yeah, this really does apply to my audience, and I love it. The link again is connectsdigital.com forward slash skyscraper SEO. What I'll do is I'll put that link up on the show notes page. Um, a great little tip at the end there just to whiz right down to the bottom of the page and put your details in. Uh, obviously, take your time to look at the rest of it. Oh, come on. <laughs> I just wrote a sales page. You can ignore that. Just scroll <laughs> to the bottom and get what you're there for. Like. <laughs> Come on. (laughs) That's exactly it. We want to know, okay, so where do I get the goodies? (laughs) Yep. Go go to the last call to action at the bottom of the sales page where it says still not convinced yet. And that is where you'll get the discount and the goodies. 
Love it, love it, excellent. Okay, so you know, hopefully you're going to take advantage of that. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, I, I want to ask you sort of one final thing, which we've referred to a number of times. Actually, it's a couple of questions I want to end up on, if you don't mind. Let's start with the first one. You talked about finding great content. Now, obviously, you can go onto your website and use that. But if we want to research it ourselves, well, can you give us a couple of places? Where, where do we start? A lot of people that use this technique start with BuzzSumo. I don't, but uh, I can I can explain that. Uh, you use BuzzSumo to find out what people are talking about on social media. Yeah. So you type in a topic, you get some articles, et cetera. BuzzSumo has a very small database as far as backlinks are concerned. They have an incredible database on social media. So they that's more great for social content. It's really hard to find good um, content around, you know, that's going to be a good target for Skyscraper using BuzzSumo. Um, but what we do is we start with BuzzSumo to give us an idea of what people have written out there, yeah. and, you know, in a specific topic. And then we go looking at those articles and we start saying, okay, well, what are the keywords these articles are written towards? So like Hyperloop and Elon Musk, we'll drop that into Google and we'll see what articles that aren't news. So don't do CNN and BBC and that sort of thing, but look for articles and find out, okay, what are the backlinks these articles are getting? And I just look at the first 20 results, so page one and two, and I say, you know, do any of these have more than 10 backlinks? Uh, and do some of them have more than 100 backlinks around this specific topic? Okay, well, there's a good start. Uh, and, and how to find backlinks, you can drop it into Moz's uh, Open Site Explorer, or you can go to Ahrefs depends on what tools you're paying for, that sort of thing. And they'll tell you how many backlinks referring domains that these articles have. Uh, but then you can also go, um, once you're like, okay, yes, this topic, there's enough articles out here with enough backlinks. Uh, and then the thing you need to do is actually read the articles, shocker, uh, and find out, you know, are these terrible articles? Are they riddled with advertisements? Are they blatant call to action stuff? Or is it like, well, this article over here is really good about that, and that article here is really good about this piece, and that article here is really good about that piece? It's like, well, can't you just envision rewriting all three of those articles into one piece that then talks about all three of those major topics and covers it all really in depth and in, in well? Well, now we're winning. So that's how we do our research is we try to figure out what, what's a topic that people are talking that apply to the target audience, so like I was saying, you know, um, by the way, anything green, health and human services, uh, and somewhat news relevant. So uh, pirates off of Somalia, um, uh, Zimbabwe and their leader, uh, you know, like the, uh, things that are going Brexit, you know, that sort of thing. Anything that can tie something newsworthy with something humanitarian, uh, ocean pollution, that sort of thing. And then also with your specific audience or target or topic. So uh, for example, one of our, I talk a lot about Elon Musk because one of our clients is uh, their audience are engineers and engineers want to know all the details and news articles don't give details. And so they want to know, okay, talk to me about the Hyperloop. How fast will it go? What is the technology? What are the specs? And so we found a really sweet niche with engineers that we just take something topical on the news and we cross-reference that with all the articles that are out there and find 
find a spot where nobody is really writing a really great engineering article about that. And, uh, and we go from there. Brilliant. Love it. So essentially what you're doing is finding something that is really vogue at the moment or stuff that people are writing about and is getting traction and there's lots of links and I quite like the idea about um, sort of finding content and then working your way back from there to find out uh, you know, sort of how popular this is because what you've got there is proven content, which is great because then you can do the same, um, but uh, you know, in your own unique way. Um, the other thing that I want to ask you before we, we wrap up here is you said about doing the ask and it's all very well saying, you know, you just got to ask people to link to your site, link to your site. Um, but what I, I hear a lot is, yeah, well, I kind of don't know how to do that. And what I don't want to do is come across as like really pushy or difficult or, you know, who's going to do that. What are the words we need to use? How do we approach it when we're approaching somebody else to ask them to link to our site? It's very simple um, in that you have to put yourself in their shoes, okay? Because we all have email. And if you have an email address, you receive spam. Even more so if it's tied to a publisher on a website, okay? Um, and so what we need to do is we need to say, how is this beneficial to them? What is it? And frankly, I found getting straight to the point, and giving them like, this is what I'm asking you for, to do. I don't need any of your time. I don't want a phone call. I'm not looking for a meeting or a long-term relationship. Um, it's actually just, hey, listen, I want you to read this article. And if, you've, and I, if you love it, and if you think it would be valuable for your audience, I would love for you to change a link on this page to that article or to republish a portion of the article with a link back credit or let me know and I can help you come up with another solution. And really that's all it is. We send one follow-up email to say, and by the way, uh, woodpecker.co I think is the current tool that I'm recommending. It's woodpecker something. I don't know if it's co or com or IO or whatever, but they, um, they can automate your follow-ups within Gmail. And so if somebody doesn't respond to you, um, you know, within three or four or five days, then send in the follow-up email. They're reasonably priced. And so that makes the follow-up a whole lot easier. And typically, and we don't, we only do two follow-ups, but um, you know, the initial email and then one follow-up. Uh, and we just simply say, Hey, did you get my email? Are you interested? If not, no big deal. And we move on because we find that it's not worth a fight. It's not worth convincing. If our content isn't wowing, then we've lost. And so the first thing I want the person to do is read the content and then let's talk. Um, and so if I can get them to read the article, typically they'll respond with, that's a great article and I did link or I can link or I can't link and this is why. And then, and then we respond to those as appropriate. Wonderful. Some real food for thought there from Paul Cortman there. What I liked about his last piece of advice there on reaching out to people to ask for backlinks is the fact that it was very simple and direct. And often that's what's needed, particularly if you've got no relationship with the person that you're asking a favor for. There are ways to do it, but if you're interrupting someone's time, you've got no real relationship with them, you need to get to the point. And I like that. Skyscraper technique, I love it. And what's best is this all about building value, giving great value to your audience. Because 
there is so much content out there. Everybody's creating content online because they know that inbound marketing works. But the trouble is, now content has become the mainstay. So what we want to do is to make sure that the content we offer is of value, and is of good quality. By doing that, by putting out fresh perspectives, new information shared in different ways, you position yourself as a thought leader and person of interest. So if you have a business online, and if you have a website that you want to attract people to, why not give the skyscraper technique a go? You can do it yourself or hire someone to do it for you. Now, a little reminder about the freebie today that I mentioned at the start of the show. After my interview with Paul, I went away and I tried this out myself. Now, I didn't actually go out and create new, fresh content for this. All I did was I reached out to people about my podcast and recommended a particular podcast episode. So I looked for people who were talking about the same kind of thing, and then I sent them a friendly email suggesting that they should link to mine. It's a bit of a different style to what Paul is recommending, but nevertheless, we still get to the point fairly quickly. And so far, the results have been very positive. It's early days, so I feel I should point that out. There's no real solid data, uh, you know, of months of testing or anything that I can share with you. But I can tell you that early days, we've already got some links and it is beginning to work. If you want to steal that email and use it as a template for what you do, just take it and adapt it and make it your own. Then just go ahead to my show notes page at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 27. You'll see a little button there where you can opt in to get notifications from me and receive your free email template. Just go ahead and fill that in and I'll send it to you straight away. Also on the show notes page, you'll find all the links that were mentioned. And there was a lot of them actually mentioned by Paul here. Lots of different internet marketing tools that you might want to check out. And of course, links to Paul, what he's doing, and his offer that he has at the moment that he shared with you on the interview there. But that about wraps it up for today. Next time, we'll be talking to James Berg, author of the new book, 104 Social Media Content Ideas to Increase Sales. Really interesting guy. Kind of an interesting story how we met. And in the interview, James shares some really quite useful insights that if you're thinking about getting involved in social media or you're at the early stages of doing it right now, some of those insights might really help turn it around for you. So as I say, it's going to be a particularly good episode if you're relatively new to social media. It's also going to be good if you have been doing social media for a long time, but you're not getting great results. Very simple stuff, but it's powerful. And you know, check that episode out. That's all coming next time. In the meantime, if you'd like to catch up with me and find out what I'm doing, come and join me on my free Facebook group called Earning the Right. You can ask me questions about anything you've heard on this episode or others, share where you're at in your business, what's working and what's not. It really is a friendly community and we want to hear from you. So just search up Earning the Right in Facebook or check out the show notes page. Again, the link is getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 27 and you'll be just a moment away from joining my community. I'd love to welcome you there. That really is it for today. Take care of yourself. I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Here's to you and your highly successful business.